This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 591. And the quote of the day is, practice daily because the quality of your practice determines the caliber of your performance. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond and beyond and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 591, and I got the great Benny Grab back on the podcast. And Benny just recently wrote a book that's available for pre-order called Effective Practicing for Musicians. And the moment that I saw that book, I was like, uh, it's about time. Because as far as I'm concerned, I think Benny is one of the thought leaders on effective practice. And we've talked about practice a lot on the other episodes that I've had him on the podcast. But I wanted to particularly reach out about this book because I figured if he wrote a book about it, then he has a structured way of going through you know, this effective practice process, which he does and we talk about. And we also talk about how he manages to get so many things done, but not only get them done, but do them really, really well. So anything that he's ever released, and I tell him in this episode, anything he's ever released has been top notch, whether it's a book or I'm sorry, a video or whether it's his app or, you know, his albums, anything that he ever comes out with is always top notch. So we talk about how he tackles multiple projects and and gets them to the finish line, but also how to decide which projects to work on because we all have these ideas and, and then also what things to practice and, and sort of sorting out all of those things in our brain. This conversation is amazing. My guess is you're going to listen to it over and over again. And I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get into it with the great Benny Greb. Benny Greb, what's happening, buddy? Everything's fine. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Good. I was just looking back. And so you've been on the podcast twice before. It's been five years since you were on the podcast. Wow. Time flies. <laughs> it does, apparently. Wow. Yeah. And I was poking around, like I always keep an eye on what, what you have going on. And like, it doesn't appear that you've done anything in fi- in the last five years. So what? what <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this year alone, the new Signature Snare came out. Uh, the book just was released uh, the year before, released an album. So yeah, I mean, yeah. This and so, that. Like, the question that I have for for guys like you, and I remember talking to Mark Giuliano about this when he released two albums in the same on the same day. Um, hmm. How how do you structure? Not necessarily how do you structure your day, but how do you structure your projects, and and how do you uh, manage to do multiple things at the same time and do them all well? Everything from the DVDs that you've released to your product, everything that you release is always top notch it's not half ass it's not just you know it's you don't just throw it out there i mean everything is is done with with precision and it, it is done very well how are you able to manage all of those things well first of all thank you that's very generous um yeah that's certainly what i what i try to do um well i just i just think i have a certain quality standard that i don't want to go below and uh i try to uh, um yeah, just 
bring out good stuff and <laughs> and then whenever right. that stuff is ready i will bring it out which sometimes leads i mean when you ask me how i do it um i sometimes take a lot of time mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean for example this uh the art and science of groove took uh about eight years um effective practicing for musicians the book that i'm bringing out now like took me at least seven years and uh so um and to answer that i have some things always cooking parallel that i'm working on mm -hmm. uh, so then when they come out um sometimes people think like oh he just came out last year with this and now this year with this and now in the same year this but they were kind of always developing parallel and and um some things just need uh, a certain amount of time uh certainly the case with the snare drum um and uh yeah i i just see where i can make progress uh, the book was always a thing where i was like oh i'm so i'm on tour so whenever i'm at home i'll try or in a hotel room and um but that hurt definitely the the process and the speed of this project um so an upside of of this kind of corona thing was that i was like okay you know what if this thing is over and i haven't finished this i will be really depressed like <laughs> now right. is the moment to to do all this because writing a book is basically a desk job and i right. didn't, I didn't <laughs> expect that uh, but uh yes it's so i was really able to close this off and i'm, I'm very very excited about it I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about the book, but I'm excited to talk about it as well. Uh, is there a is there a thing that you do particularly to prioritize things? Because I think a lot of times we as musicians look at all of these things. We you know we want to write a book. We want we need to practice. Uh, we need to work on our social media stuff. We want to work on this thing. We want to work on an album. We want to work on getting gigs. Is there a way that you? Because I believe that you are. I believe that you're very good at this and, or maybe it's a good front that you put on, but I think that you're very good at, at, uh, at putting structure around things to get things done. Mm, well, it's a constant struggle. I regard myself as a humble student of, of time management and keeping balance. Uh, and, uh, oh, that's a wonderful tea mark you have there. I just saw <laughs> that's very impressive. Is so, this, here, is this, is this audio only this podcast or can... this is audio only oh can't so say. i just have to say to the, well, to the listeners the it, yeah to the listeners i just have to say nick just picked up because we we also see each other right now and nick just picked up the biggest tea mug i've ever seen in my life it's like from a bavarian like from my bavarian hometown when they drink beer just with like tea bags in it very yeah. great looks amazing but here's the here's the 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 downside of it do you see where it's from it's from it's just a starbucks oh okay okay it's just a big glass star but it is massive i will say that. <laughs> and, so thank, cool. and thank you for noticing benny grab <laughs> <laughs> i have a lot of respect for good tea manners i appreciate um, that <laughs> where were we um you were talking about being a student of the game or a student of of time management and oh yeah so it's a constant getting back on track and i, I mean i have this ideal line uh in my head of like how i think my life should should go and um i usually then go to the left to the right to the left to the right but i try to um yeah have an overview over my projects um um have have them cataloged and then see what 
um, that I have to find what the next step is on each of them and mm-hmm. and can plow away um, uh, like whenever I can make progress on on any of them I I like to and it's almost like I definitely have too many ideas for the for 24 hours a day so I have to almost discipline myself to be like you know what I, I then work in phases I think that works for me very well to to think of it in projects of okay this week I'm gonna do this and in these two weeks I'm gonna block out for that because my life um is structured like that anyway because I um I I have my son usually for 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 a while and then I'm then I'm on tour a little bit again and so it's always 50-50 work and daddy life for me. Mm-hmm. So right. in in the the work time in the 50% of work time I just go full on. I really like <laughs> yeah, just go crazy on all the all the things okay now I can get it done, you know. And it's also a motivation not only to finally do what I want to do um, uh, job-wise, but it's then also a motivation to say, like, you know what? The more I can get done now and and make happen now, the more I then can focus on my son and and behave like I don't have any work. <laughs> right, right. Do you think that it's important to have a foundation in one thing, in one project, or or whether it be you know, writing a book or working on an album or something like that before you start working on another thing? Or are you always working in parallel? Mm, no, I think I always, I, I'm a big believer in whenever I have an idea about anything or um, a goal about anything, it will get written down and cataloged and and put on a list. And I have everything on lists and mm-hmm. some things that might never happen, but that could happen. And and um i yeah some of those things are just one sentence uh then if i want i can write some notes underneath that might be a book structure or a book outline or just Mm -hmm. an idea or it might be an idea for a project a music project of like hey i would like to do something like grapefruit 2 started like this of being like ah i'm still I want to do another one of these acapella thingies. And so what wanna, do I want to do this time? And then I just brainstorm and and throw it all in there. And then I close it again. And and, and then uh, think like, oh, maybe in the next three months, I want to make progress on this. So I open it again. I flesh it out a little bit more, maybe book some studio time or maybe um, um, schedule like time where I, I do some more songwriting or look what I have in my ideas. Because this is another thing. I have this in every aspect. So I also have, I just have ideas whenever in the weirdest situations. Then I sing them on my phone. Also, that goes into a certain folder. So when I then have an idea for an album, I go to this folder and see like, hmm, no, that's ridiculous. That's definitely not for that. That's really a fusion song. But that is a brass band song. That doesn't work. But here, oh, that that could be something. So then... I cannibalize and and I and I move things around what could fit it's like a tetris puzzle mm-hmm. kind of thing so I I just spit it all out I vomit it all out and then I see what I have and I categorize and and put it into order and most of it I throw away but the good stuff I put into the categories where they could fit and could maybe blossom into something nice mm-hmm. 
How, is there a way that, and, and so I keep drilling down, I'm, I'm drilling down on this further and further because I think it's really important because we all have ideas and I myself have all of these ideas for always for businesses, right? And I call mm-hmm. it like the shiny object syndrome where it's like you, you put, the fun is, the fun part is the getting started. And then the hard, the, once it gets boring is when the hard work starts. And then you say, well, Definitely. I'll just work on this other thing instead. And it's fun and it's new and it's exciting. One, how do you, how do you, pick which one you're actually going to do and then what is your what is your maybe thought process or or strategy for actually finishing it and not just being a starter and jumping from thing to thing yeah first of all i totally understand that Uh, like starting (laughs) and having ideas is amazing because you can dream and be like oh it would be great it would be great and then it gets confronted and clashes against what it how it actually is and and maybe the distance between the idea and the reality or the lack of resources or the lack of knowledge about things and how far you are from what you think would be so nice and and so easy and you know right so so i totally get that um um i think it's important to first of all capture it all because i i think ideas are very very vulnerable when they come up and um, the, the the first step is to not judge them and think like, oh, that will never be, oh, that will, like, I think in the beginning, there is no place for that. Creativity and judgment cannot coexist in the same space. So I really try to write it all down. And, and then the selection and then the scrutiny can come later. But so first of all, I just want to have it all down. And then... Um, I think I let my intuition kind of come in in terms of because because I work so project based I usually then when I have to finish or want to finish something and plow down and really be like ah oh, I right now with the book for example I've been such a good boy and <laughs> just like edit be, talking with the editor and selecting the paper and and bringing it out in the online store and it's all so much desk work that God, I can't wait to to now write some music again, you know? So right. when when I when I do this one thing, the pendulum just seems to go. So okay, now and I'm very happy that I have that. Or or maybe it just came to be because I need that. Some people might not. Some people might really be whatever whatever feels good to you, but I need that balance of okay, if I I really had to write that book. I wanted to write that book since many, many years. So yeah, I had to finish. And and then I realized, of course, like you also said, the sad reality is if you want to have the book out, then you actually have to finish it and you right. have to do then all, all the work in the end. Um, so yeah, I think it's very satisfying. There are always ways... There are always these these valleys then that come in any project where okay you have a reason why you do it and then there are challenges uh that that come up and then the question is is it worth it is it worth it mm-hmm. the only way out is through very often <laughs> exactly exactly not the easiest not always the easiest path for sure I, and frankly probably the harder path is to to go through those tough times and to deliver and to finish. And especially with a book, I mean, I've never written a book before and I have aspirations of writing some sort of book at some point, but I always wonder, is it, is, 
my fatuation, my infatuation more with being called a writer or actually writing. You know, and <laughs> I mean, there's a big difference. I was joking around that a lot, of course, when when someone says like um, at a dinner or something, it's like, oh, well said. I'm like, no wonder I'm an author. You know, <laughs> I, I I really will claim that fully uh, and, right. and shamelessly. But yeah, I think this is also an experience thing, though. And I would also trust the feeling that you get from it, because there are some projects that you actually start or that that I started and that then didn't come to pass and I didn't or didn't come to pass and I didn't feel like, okay, I, I still have the juice for it. And then it was actually okay that that mm -hmm. they that they don't manifest. And there are other projects uh that lie around forever and it really bugs me. It's like, I wanna get this out. I wanna get this finished. So yeah. I think this is also just a very natural way of also trusting like if it really goes on your nerves. Like and when <laughs> when we talk about okay, first you want to do something, then it's maybe hard or more work than you thought or or more difficult. Um, so that's a certain amount of pain, right? And and that pain is real. So, but then the question is, which pain gets bigger than the pain of not having it finished, or the pain of of getting having to get in there and 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 um, uh, make some progress? So sure. And there's a lot of things, and I'm sure that this this is the same for you. Where I'll look at something, I say, "Look, I know this is going to be really, really hard." And it's going to suck, but I'm willing to put the time in and I'm willing to go through this rough patch for a while to get this thing finished. And then there's other things I look at and I say, if I want to do that, that'd be really tough. It'd be really hard. And I don't think it's really worth it to me to go mm -hmm. through all of that hard work to do that thing. And like you said, I, I think that's okay. You know, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're willing, if you're not willing to, to grind and work for this thing that you say that you want, maybe you don't want it that bad and that's totally okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I I think it's 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 a nice nice balance when you 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 trust your intuition and you trust that urge to be like, "Oh, what if? What if?" And then when you put the work in, that's new data as well that you then think like, "Okay, I have new information now about this project basically." Mm -hmm. Um and I think no one would do anything if it would only suck of course um right. <laughs> so so and but there is something okay i have a strong for example i had with the book i had a strong urge to really share this uh what i learned there and what has been my passion for 20 years and and then it's it it sucks to to sit there and and carve it out and and really make it concise and 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 rewrite it and stuff but that urge then if that is always bigger then makes it worth it like nietzsche mm -hmm. said if you have a strong enough why you can bear almost any how i love that i love <laughs> that you know it frankly reminds me of something that you said on the last on the last episode that we did together where you said if you show yourself progress the need for motivation is non-existent Mm. Is that something that that keeps you going as well through like I, I believe, you know, when we're going to talk about the practice room and, and you said that's where that's where it really helped you. Does it also help when you're writing a book and you're looking back and it's like, wow, look at how much I've done so far. Oh, All definitely. Right, let's just keep going. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, uh, 
the the earliest memory I have about this is um, because I grew up in Bavaria in in Germany, and there are a lot of mountains, the Alps, and everything. And, mm -hmm. and my dad took me to those hikes, and uh, it was hard. Sometimes I was like, "Are you insane? Like I'm a little like I'm eight years old. What do you think? Like I'm not <laughs> what." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's no oxygen up here. What? So, right. so, so, and he took me on those day long hikes, and my feet hurt. And but it was also beautiful. And and we spent some time together. It was amazing. But I will never forget these moments where it's like, oh gosh, this sucks. I'm 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 destroyed, and this is hideous and and tedious, and. Then I look behind and I saw this little Lego house off in the distance, which was the house from where we started. I was like, that little thing down there, it almost looked like we were in an aeroplane and, and looked down on a house. And wow. it was like, we, we went all that way already. And that is, it is a rush of like, holy shit, you know, it's like amazing. Yeah. And I think this, this is in any context uh, amazing. If 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 you write a book and then you have like a hundred pages done, and you think like, okay, maybe I feel a little bit exhausted, and uh, and I have to stand up and move again or something. But this is something. I get something for my work. I think it. And it's funny. Sometimes hobbyists say th that they don't care about this, and. Um, it's usually not long lasting because even like like a guy who does it as a hobby who maybe like uh, um who worked in a company and now wanted to start drums again and stuff and he says oh I'm only want to do this for fun that's fine but there comes a point where he will make the calculation of effort and time put in and measures that against result right so yeah. so in what way Ever, he will feel that but there will always be this hmm i'm doing this for a while now and honestly i'm still playing the same shit <laughs> you know you know it's, it's super interesting about that my dad is a is a golfer for fun uh but he quit years ago he quit for i think he quit for 25 or 30 years because he was like i'm i go to the driving range i practice all, but i'm not getting better yeah and it was like screw this i don't want it it's not enjoyable anymore because i'm yeah. not getting, i'm not getting any better yeah, and I mean, only getting better is also not a good uh, motivation. You you have to. There has to be some enjoyment in there, definitely. But um, it's the other way around too. If 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 nothing changes, it's 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 just boring. It's like mm -hmm. there's no variety. There's no. So even with kids, even with hobbyists, I think that progress. They might not call it that way, but um, they might call it something new or whatever. But they, the progress is also a thing. And um, if you then can see like, oh, uh, a video of like last month and you, you play totally differently or a video of, uh, of before the practicing session, that mm -hmm. makes it's a huge motivation boost. Yeah. So this is probably a loaded question and probably a good foray into the book in general. What do you say to the person who says benny i practice all the time i just feel like you know i go and play i just feel like I'm, I'm always just playing the same shit i'm stuck inside this box everything i do sounds the same it's just you know no matter how much i practice i don't feel like i sound different i don't feel like i'm playing anything different 
what is your uh, that's a probably a, a loaded question but uh but i'd love to hear what you what you would say to someone like that no i mean it's actually pretty simple um um if you if you always get the same result then you have to change the the process that mm-hmm. precedes it so i if if someone really is bored out of their mind and says like nothing nothing's changing i'm i'm always getting the same result then change something change anything like like look at what you're doing um how much time you practice when you start to practice what you practice um what music you listen to um like <laughs> what goals you set how how fast you jump from one thing to the other can you maybe like um um, like um drill in a little bit more and like look at your for example one tip i can give is like record one of your practice sessions like from beginning to end and force yourself to listen to it (laughs) and and, um if you then if you then think like oh my gosh i mean that will usually settle it already for anyone <laughs> yeah. because if, if you listen to your own practicing um all of a sudden you're not busy with the practicing you can be an observer and everyone usually figures out it's like oh my god like i i just adjust the gear half of the time <laughs> or right. i just i just gear worship i i hit the crash and i turn it around and i look at the logo and and then i tune the snare differently and then i play my favorite groove again like it's not a big big mystery why why then nothing new comes out of it so so um or, but, not, or there's no noise at all because you're just sitting there on your phone <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's a classic of course i mean distraction is 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 big and and with that comes a huge subject that that is um how much actual practice time do you i mean how much do you actually practice when you practice like mm-hmm. or or do you do something else and and uh, you only think and this is then very unfair when you go out of the practice room and you say like oh man i practiced for one and a half hours and i didn't get much done then this is the beginning of course of this huge unfair judgment about yourself when you then because that can accumulate to weeks and months and years of like oh i've been doing this since years and nothing it's like but when we're really honest it's like how much do you actually spend time or do you noodle around with other stuff and then which is fine but then don't call it practicing so the first chapter in the book is actually to separate playing and practicing it's very important i think think that's a huge distinction huge distinction and both are great. Let me be very clear. Some some people sometimes think I'm a I'm super strict and and think and I advocate only practicing and not at all. My my ratio is 70-30. I, I practice 30%, I play 70%. I like to improvise. I like to fool around and blow air into the really floor. Really? Oh yeah. I I just love to put on an old CD and just play and not think. Just be dumb and happy and just mm. be like <laughs> like I absolutely love it uh, with without any goal or any criticism in there. I, I'll just mm-hmm. enjoy time with my instrument, and but I I don't mix them up. I don't want that they poison each other because sure. if if you put practicing a little bit of practicing judgment in your playing, then you will constantly judge yourself, criticize yourself, and um, then playing is no fun anymore, mm-hmm. and you're not in the moment. If the playing gets into the into the practicing, well, you just get not much done, and you don't know what you did exactly, and 
and it's very hard to come back. It takes a lot of time to when you're working focused on something and then you get carried away and and it's it's just very difficult to to constantly get back on track. So I use a time. I use a couple of tricks. I think you can trick yourself into good behavior. So I I have a lot of timers. I have these kitchen timers lying around. Uh, I have one on my phone. I, I have a little practice journal. Um, I record myself before and after. So I have these measurement tools, basically. But it's, it's pretty simple. It sounds sometimes like I'm doing paperwork or doing uh, something like a laboratory. But and I mean, it's basic. It basically is. I want to measure and really know what I'm doing. And 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 uh, and what gets measured gets managed, right? Yes. And I also want to have a clear mind. I also need every gray cell I have up here. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I really need it all. I don't want to think about emails or how much time I have left to practice. I, I, I outsource it all I, because right. I want everything available that I have in my CPU yeah. um, for practicing. So um, a timer is actually very relieving in that regard. Some people think like, oh, I'm working against the clock and it's for stress. Not at all. I, I think a timer is very relaxing because you can set that thing, you negotiate before with your loved ones, or you look into your calendar and see like, oh, you know what, for the next hour, I will leave this world and I will leave these uh, open loops and, and commitments and I can just go into the practice room by myself. like, mm -hmm. and And then I set a timer and then I can just listen to this how my hands are sounding or how this symbol is like sounding with with the thing in unison or not and and or how i'm locking in with 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 a click or something and and i don't have to check the watch or, or something it will just at some point be like ding and then i'm like huh? and i get <laughs> waken up by that and which is actually a great sign because that means i was really fully into that thing instead mm -hmm. of always having like one eye on the clock and one eye on the it, it uh, it's not enjoyable and uh it's it's a timer can do that way better than 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 uh a drama to right. to think like hmm i think 15 minutes could be oh don't even try it outsource yeah. it just set the timer and then be done with it yeah One line in the dream symbol family that I think is really cool is the dark matter family. They have the flat earth, the moon ride, and the dark matter energy. And although they're all made a little bit differently, they all involve the dark matter process. And this is really cool. Check this out. They take a symbol that is already finished and then put it back in the oven, hand hammer it, and then shock it with cold water, and then put it back in the oven. And what happens is the ash and the soot from the oven are fused to the top layer of the metal, which give it this really, really unique sound. And you know what? I want to let you hear exactly what this process does to a symbol. Check them out. To learn more about Dream Symbols, their Dark Matter line, and all their great products, be sure to check out DreamSymbols.com. Do you know why when you tune a drum, you're supposed to go diagonal across the drum? That's because your drum is flawed. I hate to break it to you, but your drum is flawed because of the way that the edge is. The typical edge doesn't allow the drum head to sit 
on it properly. So when you tighten down one lug, it causes the drum head to shift and pop up on the other side. That's why you have to tune it diagonally. But now with the new Sonic Clear Edge from Mapex, that's a thing of the past. The Sonic Clear Edge allows the head to sit flush. So it promotes ease of tuning, increased shell resonance, and optimal tonal clarity. So you're going to have to do a lot less work and get a lot greater sound. To learn more about the Sonic Clear Edge, go to mapexdrums.com. How important is the mental aspect versus the physical aspect of practicing, whether it be your mindset going into practice or the the self-talk or or could be the negative self-talk that you're that you're feeding yourself with uh how much how much do you think that that plays into effective practice um it's a huge part because the the mindset can um can mess you up so much that the physical doesn't even factor in <laughs> so mm-hmm. you um when when you um yeah so but the other way around as well so um when when something doesn't work and you you don't take care of the physical stuff it it might um it might be frustrating to you or you take that as a oh i can't do this and so mm, it's hard to say everyone is at a different place there I, I just think it's important to be aware that there are these different things at play and see how they are treating you how they feel to you and how you are treating them and and whether you really take a look under the hood and be like okay you know what this is how I'm actually thinking about this, or this is how I'm actually treating my body here. Or, um, I think, um, just as I once heard this wonderful saying, like there are no negative emotions, uh, you know, it's just signals. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just data. I would really regard it like looking at it, like a scientist instead of, uh, and it's actually a mantra I, I use very often of instead of worrying, to use interesting like when something comes up and i'm like oh damn it instead of because that distances you from the problem always right mm-hmm. when it's something oh why is this not working it's like interesting i thought this is harder interesting what can i do better about this interesting interesting mm-hmm. so um this is a mental trick that i use um from anger to interesting i call it in the book um relax refocus is one i use um and i mean the mental stuff is of course huge at play when we talk about distractions because they're out of distractions really um notifications bings phone calls blah um an open window with people walking by or whatever it is mm-hmm. when you're practicing but there are also inner distractions um when you want to focus on what uh what you whatever you want to focus on but then you think of the email from an hour ago or you think about you know you're not in the moment but so and there are strategies for that as well Uh, one is called leave your luggage at the door where i write something on a piece of paper before i go into the practice room fold it put it in front of the door practice and then i pick it up again and be like oh yeah i have to do this and that and so and that's the thing many people talk a lot about discipline and willpower and maybe i'm not disciplined enough i'm not consistent enough and i think there are a lot of tricks and little 
you can trick yourself into good behavior and mm -hmm. and when when i go through the program with with students or at, at my seminars um people usually and when they then do that they are usually amazed how that they're way more disciplined and <laughs> consistent than they thought because um you can make it easier for yourself so sure so if i remember correctly the last time we chat we chatted you were talking about practice especially when you were a younger player and things were pretty hard for you you said that that you didn't learn you felt like you didn't learn as quickly as other, or maybe as other people or as quickly as you thought that you should and you were a slow learner and it and it took you a while and and i would venture to guess now say that you probably learn quicker than you used to because of the way that you practice and things like that would you say that that practicing is a skill or effective practice it's a skill that you can learn and that you can really change the way that you are as a practicer my guess is yes um yeah i think effective practicing happens when it's the result of the execution of 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 a combination of skills so you can right. you can have you can have many things uh in place that like a sculptor like make this better this better this better this better and and then you can you can shape this animal into really something that's like very streamlined and very frictionless and and with less resistance and resistance can appear anywhere it can be your practice room your environment the resources you have available it can be um uh the, that you don't measure yourself or it can be that you don't have an overview over your strengths and weaknesses or or not a clear vision of where you want to go or um maybe your self-image is just off right maybe you you think you you're useless but <laughs> because you never listen to yourself and actually acknowledge uh, how far you've come or or what is good about your playing you're a little bit off so um, it's 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 a lot of a lot of things that you can you can look at separately and when you put it all together it become like a well-oiled machine but mm -hmm. i think um i i read this incredible quote recently i think it was from carl jung i hope i get it right it says um until you make here we go until you make the unconscious conscious it will direct your life and you will call it fate i like that yeah so th there are a lot of things at play and they are at play um whether you respect them or know about them or not and th either they work in your favor or they work against you but mm -hmm. but um uh, so i mean the book is basically a, a way to guide people to look at all of these aspects that are at play and then putting them together into a system and basically like a mincer where you throw in your info and at the end when you turn it a little bit comes out like bing a, a tailor-made custom-made practice plan individually for you so it's wow. basically a pr practice plan maker I like uh, it. when you stick through it till the end so so yeah i hope it will help many people i, I certainly would have hoped to have this book myself when i was starting I'm out I think it I think it will because I believe that you are you are one of the leading you know you are one of the thought leaders on practice for sure because I I believe that you have so many great applicable ideas that are that are extremely valuable and I've learned so much just from the conversations that we've had and and videos that you've done and things like that so so I'm excited to to read the book thanks um, 
So what about, and, and I've even suffered with this myself, where sometimes I go into the practice room and I either don't know what to practice or some, you know, after a couple practice sessions, practice sessions where I don't know what to practice, like it starts to get boring. Yeah. And then, then it's like, yeah, I just don't want to go practice. It's just, it, and then it become then it becomes a chore or a job. And I've sort of, I've, I've sort of, you know, uh, it's been up and down on that for me or throughout my career where sometimes I'm really excited to go in and sometimes I'm, I'm really dreading it and bored. What's your solution for, for that, for being bored and, and yeah. feeling like it's drudgery going in and going and practice. I don't know what to practice. And Yeah. I mean, the very long, long, long-term solution for this, the self-made solution for this is um, what I, how I started out with this is to just journal and to say, okay, on these days where I feel like this has a purpose and <laughs> this makes sense and I feel good about it, what happens around it? What what was there? And then um, on days where I think like this is just, this doesn't make any sense and, and I'm bored or I'm not motivated at all, what is missing then or what is at play then? And after a while, you will find out that... Um, so to save you all that time, <laughs> you will find out that there are basically two things that are at play when it when it comes to motivation. The first one is whether you actually, it's the why question again, whether you actually know why you should do anything. That's what kids are good at. Like, do this. Why? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yep. Like, um, this is how it is. Why? And it's a good question. It's a legitimate question because <laughs> you have to have a good reason to do anything. Otherwise, pff, why do it? Be especially yep. if something is maybe a little bit challenging or takes a while or, 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 you know, so that has to be answered. And then a thing that also comes into play is it has to be answered by you because everyone does things out of their own reasons and not out because of a teacher says like out of tradition, this always works. This this will not hurt you. Like stick control has never hurt anyone. And you know, and uh it has to be you have to understand why. So that has to be clear. Uh the second thing where motivation gets uh drained or lost is even if you are very motivated. So uh, uh, an image I use in the book is this. Let's say you are in Paris. Uh, you have a day left or half a day left before you have to go to the airport and you've never seen the Eiffel Tower. You want to go to the Eiffel Tower. Now, um, let's say you really want to go to the Eiffel Tower, right? So the motivation is there. Then you go into a taxi. The guy doesn't understand you and he, he drives off. If, if you don't have to understand everything about the process, but if you have measurable feedback and measurable results that tell you that you are on the right track, whether it's in practicing or in the taxi, you will feel good about it, about the path you're on. So you sit in the taxi, you're not sure whether he understood you and he just drives off and it's like, oh gosh. And then, <laughs> and then, but the Eiffel Tower in front of you becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And you think like, oh, all right, you know, that's, that's We're on our way. <laughs> so I want to have when when a certain thing is my eiffel tower in in terms of practicing of like okay i want to get to a certain tempo i want to get a grasp on this music style or i want to get better whatever it is um when i see that thing come towards me then it's like yeah it, it has a purpose right if now 
if you get into the taxi, which is our practicing, that's our taxi, that's our right. way to go there. And you say to the guy, to the Eiffel Tower, and it gets smaller and smaller in the rearview mirror, <laughs> you want to get out of the taxi, right? <laughs> and not because you don't want to go to the Eiffel Tower anymore, but because you doubt the process, you doubt the way to get there. So that's why two things have to be in place. First, you have to know what you want and why you're even doing this in the first place, why you why you go on that path or in that taxi or in the practice room. And the second is, does this taxi feel like it gets closer to where you want to go? Does this practicing constantly feel like, and not at, only at the end, but in between all the time, you see these little like, oh, okay, we get, we're closer, we're closer, we're closer. Even if the taxi takes forever, but ah, closer, closer, it comes closer. Then mm -hmm. you want to stay in the taxi. So people are usually very consistent and, and also way more patient than they think they are. If they show and prove themselves that there is gradual slow in between process. The problem, that, uh, progress, sorry. The, the problem that we usually have is that we set out on a goal and then we plow in and we use willpower and blah, blah, blah. And then after half a year, we're hopefully there and then we celebrate. Uh, more often than not, we're not. But but that's not how, how it works. You have to reward yourself and tap yourself on the shoulder and also check in. Maybe you have to make course corrections like in between, in between all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What What about when you don't know what to practice? You don't know which direction you want to head. You're in Paris and you're like, I know I want to see some cool stuff, but That's I don't okay. I don't know what I want to see. So how do I, so how do you pick a destination or how do you how do you pick what to practice in the practice room? If you don't have a goal and if you just want to walk around, then any street will do, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's when when you're in the middle of Paris and it's like, I just want to walk around. But then you will also be happy with that. And and then please do it. The the problem is only that people um they they want to go a certain place and they want to see the best sites and then they oh let's just walk around and then they complain when they uh when the day is half over and they haven't seen any beautiful sites and uh you know like so so that's only the thing you you um and usually people have a certain goal you just have to peel it like an like an onion you have to kind of uncover it and i have a process in the book of like a series of questions that like workbook wise that you just have to answer to kind of get to it and there are kind of two three kind of approaches that i take that actually even work with kids um but also professional musicians are sometimes surprised and um it it is somewhere there. There's some, mm -hmm. and everyone has things that they that turn them on. Like everyone right. has things that they've seen other drummers do, other musicians do that were impressive to them that they like. And this is basically a trick because if you ask people, what do you like about other people? What do you admire in other people? Um, it is very useful, not because I want to find out what other drummers like about other drummers, um, but because it tells me something about them. Right. right. If you say, "Oh, this guy is great. He he he's always honest. He's always straightforward. He's always honest." You say that because you value honesty, right? Mm -hmm. And you—that's something that you want to have yourself or want to develop even further because you really value it. So, um, 
I would that that would be an outside in approach. You just look at what you value outside. That gives you a very good hint what what you find very attractive yourself as well, and you wouldn't mind having more of that as well. So why not work towards that? Right. Um, another way is the more German way is to look at what's wrong <laughs> to see like, okay, what goes on my nerves? I really go on uh, experience here. Like, did I speed up and slow down at the last gig, or or am I embarrassed that? I was at this rehearsal and I just I just suck at reading notation and lead sheets or something. So whatever it is, like throw that in there and then, okay, th these are also things that we can put in there. And then we come to kind of a, to kind of a list of like, okay, these are things that, that would be worthwhile at least. And mm -hmm. then we have to measure that against the second part, which is, okay, but where are you right now? After we found out where you want to go, where are you right now? What is the here and now? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And only then we can draw a line from where you are to where you want to go. And everything that's on that line, that's the good stuff. Everything that's, because that's the other thing, right? Uh, there are millions of things we could practice. Like yeah. there's, a, there's a new online course about the 22 new licks, how to impress your mailman or like whatever it's like <laughs> i'm sure there's a course like that out there but there is, <laughs> there is double sure. base techniques to impress your plumber but yeah um <laughs> how but, to not get gigs Take yeah <laughs> <laughs> that maybe that's also a goal whatever it is but <laughs> um yeah but but um you can only decide out of all the options what are the right things for you if you know where you want to go and where you are right now and then all of a sudden you can relax into these three things that you will do for the next three months and know that they are the things that are actually interesting to you and that motivate you and that will get you a lot of progress that that um that is valuable mm -hmm. it seems like you could use a lot of these tactics in the book for other things in your life as well sure Sure, and I do. I mean, <laughs> the drums have been a metaphor for me uh, for life uh, forever. I think the drums have been a beautiful teacher. Um, many things, and I hope this doesn't sound too corny, but many things I learned first at the drums before I saw them pop up in, in the world around me, like even right. economic things, political things, communication, um, uh like listening and relationship stuff like like sensitivity i i i experienced that first in music and be like oh that doesn't work oh because i'm not interacting enough and blah and right. then i realized okay wow this happens as well with with that girl or like, right, it's, right, right. it's really a wonderful wonderful metaphor for almost anything and of course mm -hmm. this book is a lot about um how do you get from a to b and principles uh, that that help there and um that's also important in project management what we talked about in the very beginning right or anything else but it's very uh, there are a lot of practical examples in there and it's really um tailor-made to to like i said give you a practice plan and and take you by the hand and lead you step by step through this how to become better with an instrument so so that's what it's mainly for. It's not only for drummers, but it's really for, um, yeah, 
whether you play cello or piano or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this is the drummer's resource podcast. Yeah, this is drummer's. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, and even on a you know on a personal side, I was thinking uh, about about language learning being that you speak more than one language. It's always impressive. I speak Italian, but I could never sit and have a, I couldn't do an interview in Italian. I can have a conversation right. in Italian and all that, but I could never like sit and have a, a and do an interview. Um, how was, and like I said, this is just a personal question of how much of that played into like you learning, you learning English really well. Or, I mean, it's always impressive and envious to me, someone who can just have a full on conversation in English and then have, and then, and it's not their native language. Mm. Well, first of all, I empathize because um, I have to be quite honest here. Um, if every, if the whole world would uh, speak uh, like German, uh, I I don't know if I would have learned English. <laughs> right. So I think you guys are in the in the in the situation of like you know what you can get by you can travel the world and still can order a sandwich uh and you will probably um get by and so i but i liked american culture i liked english culture a lot um movies music everything and and so it was always an important part of my life and so it was just a thing that where i realized so the resources that that i really um that really turned me on is like I get more of that and I can dive deeper into it if I the better I understand the language and, and right. can and and then my dad uh had a job uh in the US when when I was eight years old. I I'm I basically lived in the US for half a year, um, which is not that much for an eight-year-old kid, but um I think it helps if if you are at at a party, at a dinner party and you feel weird because you don't understand anyone sure and then that that, ha that happens like three four times and then you ask for like how do i say hello and how do i say i want something to drink and you know <laughs> so so you, you just get get more and more into like you see the necessity of language and communication and, and right. i had that early on so um yeah but does it apply to learning a language I wouldn't I, I wouldn't go that far. I really tried to make it super super practical and 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 pretty easy to use for okay, take a look at your practice room, take a look right, at your right, right. Uh, idols, take a look at um when you're frustrated while practicing what you can do about this and so it's 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 it was supposed to be a handbook for um streamlining your practicing and making it fun right. and so and but, I totally under I totally appreciate that that was a left field question that was like no you know. but I I mean you are of course and I appreciate that you also look for these patterns right because there is mm -hmm. there is uh, in any endeavor when you want to get better uh, there are parallels and there are challenges to overcome and there's so I'm I'm sure there is more between the lines uh, and. And I read a couple of chapters to friends of mine that are not musicians, and they were like, "Oh, well, I can use this for my business and stuff." But um, yeah, yeah, that, I mean that make, that makes sense to me. Um, so give me give me sort of an overarching uh, breakdown of like how the how the book is structured. So we talked mm -hmm. a little bit about like okay, you talk about the differentiating play and practice, mm -hmm. um, and I'm guessing there's some mental mental things in there. But can you kind of like break down break down the sections of the book a little bit? Yeah. So 
as quickly as possible. The book is just divided in three levels. Um, level one is where you will learn like the important principles and mindset necessary for affecting effective practicing. Um, chapters include like how to set up the ultimate practice environment. I call this the ultimate practice room makeover. I like it. <laughs> the three must have tools for practicing. I go over like what the, the time or the journaling, how to journal, like um, how to make it fun, uh, the recording stuff, what to record, how much and what not to record so it doesn't get cluttered and complicated. How to deal with frustration and judgment. That's a good one, right? Uh, how to focus and minimize and prevent distractions. What's the best time to practice? How to make time to practice? There's a little bit of time management in there. So how to actually make more time to practice? Because mm. when I when I was researching for this book, many people said like, oh, I just don't have any time, you know? So I had to put this in because I was working a lot with people that say like, I have a job, I have kids, and I only do this as a hobby or or people that are touring and and uh, also have maybe family or are studying and have millions of things to do. So how to do that? How to find time to practice? Um, tips on attitude, how to fall in love with discipline. I know that sounds like a mouthful, but I can prove it in the book. How to keep motivated. We talked a little bit about it. How to take on big things by making them small. I call this the whale method. Because how how do you eat a whale, right? Yeah, one bite at a time. <laughs> um, and I talked to some Norwegians, and they say it's actually true. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> what to practice is of course important. So how to select what to practice. So the first level kind of primes you into like, okay, what are all these principles? What do you have to know about so we can later use them in the system? Level two is where you will set up your personal. EPM system, Effective Practicing for Musicians system, by dividing, defining, sorry, the big three. So the the first one is the why. Uh, we talked about that, where you want to be. Um, the second one is the here and now, the current location. And the third one is the next step. So we will really set specific goals that we can measure. Uh, and that is already the beginning and, and the setup of the practice plan. And in level three, it's all about the practical applications where the rubber meets the road, how to basically do that uh, and frequently ask questions and troubleshooting and like how to keep on track. And it's basically a lot of, okay, this happened, now what? Or if this happens, then this. So to really make sure that whatever challenges come up that that um, you can stay on track and and it will stay fresh and you can refresh it as well. So because as life changes and it does, that you can also change that system and make it fit and and keep it hopefully and keep it up. Amazing. And so where can people buy the buy they can pre-order it on your website? When when will it be released? It will be released beginning of uh, beginning of December. We hope okay. to get the pre-orders out to everyone um, before Christmas. That was the goal, and we're on schedule. So great. Yeah, it's so just on, order on your website. Yes, bennygrab.com. Just go to the shop. It's the first thing that pops up. Yeah, amazing. So the book is called Effective Practice for Musicians. You can buy it on his website. Also, I mean, there's all kinds of other stuff that on his website that you should check out. Like you should check out Grapefruit 2. I mean, he did a he did a record with Gary Husband. Uh, oh, yeah. the gap he has the gap click app that is an amazing metronome app that is basically like a drop a drop click metronome that that is like a training app. And I mean you you got a lot of stuff going on. So everyone should just go over to bennygreb.com and thank and you. Grab all that stuff, download the app, pre-order the book. 
just put yeah, everything we'll in the- his everything that's on his website just put it in the cart for your christmas list and send it <laughs> oh my god that sounds amazing because <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all amazing stuff and and oh, thank you so much and we talked about this before but i but i should probably tell you this again uh the the art and science of groove in my opinion is the best drumming video that's ever been made and i've referenced it so much very very frequently i watch it a lot still uh and i've used a lot of that stuff in my own in my own playing and practice so i recommend guys if you haven't checked that out check that out as well so for sure that's amazing that's very generous of you awesome and so what are you what are you coming out with no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) what else are you working on benny don't you have anything else (laughs) yeah i do i mean i i i um I mean, the f- focus is obviously now on the book and making that nice. I wanna, I wanna follow that up with with a little workbook that I can use at my seminars, but also make available to everyone. So it's a kind of a stripped down version. Then, um, but I, I maybe want to do an audiobook about uh, about the book because mm-hmm. I like audiobooks a lot. Me too. Um, and I want to bring out a lot of my um, music that I released in the last couple of years. Um, as drumless tracks, so I'm I'm a little bit working on that to to get that out, and that will also be on the website then. And yeah, a couple of other things that I can't talk about yet. All right. <laughs> well, I know I know you got some stuff uh, always on the always on the burner. So I I really love that just the fact that you're always creating, you're always putting out great stuff. And like I said in the top of the interview, like everything you do is top notch so whatever you come out with next i'm sure will be equally as impressive uh but i want to two things one i want to thank you for writing this book and and getting it out there because i think that you are one of the guys who's really leading the charge on on better practice better results effective practice all of that uh, because you practice what you preach no pun intended Uh, (laughs) that's actually great Yeah. So uh, I, I appreciate you writing this book and also for coming on the podcast. I think you're the only person I've ever had on the podcast three times. So that's that's amazing. Oh, I'm, I uh, feel honored. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I feel honored that you would you would take the time to chat. So Benny, thank you again. Uh, everyone, go to his website bennygrab.com to pick up the to pre-order the new book. I should say. And uh, if there's anything else you'd like to add, go ahead. And if not, I will talk to you later. Man, I have to give the ball back, of course, a tiny bit. Um, I love what you do. I thank you very much. You're very generous. Thanks for letting me come on here. And um, yeah, keep listening to the other episodes uh, um, of Drummer's Resource Podcast. It's all good stuff. I'm a fan. So I appreciate it, Benny. Thank you so much. There you have it, the one, the only Mr. Benny Greb. And I highly recommend that you go and check out that book. Pre-order it now by going to bennygreb.com. It's called Effective Practicing for Musicians. And one thing that we know for sure, that if Benny Greb is releasing it, it's going to be amazing because he doesn't do anything half-baked or half-cocked. Everything he does is always thought out and and well-produced and and is an amazing product. So check that out. Check out the book, Effective Practicing for Musicians. You can get it at bennygreb.com. And please, if you enjoy this episode, 
do me a favor reach out to benny let him know that you enjoyed the episode be sure to tag him and me on social media and also if you really want to go the next step leave a rating or a review you can do that on itunes it takes about a minute lets people know that they should be listening to this podcast and and that it's valuable so you can do that again on itunes and other than that that's all i got so until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and i'll be talking to you soon peace Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.